everyone, and welcome to Generally Casual, the place where you can learn anything and everything casually. I am Michael, one of your co-hosts, and joined with me, as always, is my brother, Richard. Get back to work. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll see you all later. I, this is my break. <laughs> We're recording on our break. We're recording on our breaks. We don't even have time to do it after work. We stay there late every day. <laughs> Nope, I actually enjoy my job. Oh yeah, you do. You do, <laughs> Richard. Why do you enjoy your job? Well, I mean, besides, I'm, I'm a supervisor in this case, but um, I I don't know. I I like my environment. Mm-hmm. I very much like my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like also the people that I work with. And I think that the place that I work, because I work for the parks department, is a very good place to work. I can get outside. I can do things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I. I also then managed to be able to try and get those opportunities for my team as well, which has been really nice. Yeah, what a weird concept is trying to make sure that your team also lives a productive, healthy work life. Yeah, I mean, I I I will say that the the team and my job do get stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely felt it. I've just technically started at the end of December, beginning of January of this year. Um, and already productivity is up one billion percent. Wow. I I don't know. I've been I don't keep track of those numbers. Um, In fact, we have one thousand <laughs> new parks a day thanks to my brother. <laughs> no, good job, Richard. I'm not in the planning committee. All I don't of do San Jose of is now just a giant. Park. I just do reservations. Reservations. You've reserved <laughs> all of California. It's a park now. <laughs> We're there's proud no, of you. There's no private, uh, no private property nope. anymore. It's all nope. park It's zones. all park property. Um, People have to pay the animals now. <laughs> I don't even understand that. Um, either way, I enjoy the parks department in general. Even though the job can get stressful, my team can get stressed out because obviously there are times where the workload increases. Mm-hmm. Uh, my team and I both have very variable work, uh, work loads. Um, and so the main thing that I do, which I'm thankful to my boss who also supports me in that, um, we, I try and provide opportunities as much as I can to my team to then get stress relievers. So, um, I'm in a unique position in my job because I am a supervisor. Um, I manage five people on my team. Um, I don't have a bigger team, but I have managed more people in in the past Mm -hmm. in other jobs. Um, it is. Yeah, you were a manager of GameStop too. That's true, and I had a bigger team, and possibly a more stressful job. Uh, definitely, because <laughs> what happened at GameStop numbers. is the numbers exactly is that my manager and executive team and everybody that was above me did not support that. That also happened with your job after that. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I mean at Microsoft, I wasn't a supervisor; I was on the bottom end. Yeah, but but it was uh, still like my my. First boss actually did. He supported his team very well mm-hmm. and came through and was like, this is what we need to do. I understand your job. Your job as a whole is very nebulous. It's yeah. very difficult to understand what to do on your job on a daily basis because there's other things that you can do. There's things that you can't do. Like you're kind of restricted by the way that the job is. Yeah. Um, my boss after that came through and I think understood that to a point, but really I think the job was changing and I don't think I fit well. Yeah, which partially his fault, partially my fault. It's whatever. I, I don't think I had the time to do that job. I'm in a much better job now. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but as part of this, and the reason why we're talking about this is because there's a trend going around called 
quiet quitting and I guess actor wages a trend as well. I don't know if that's just a TikTok thing oh, okay. or if that's or if that's transitioning from quiet quitting, but you know, they're they're around the same ballpark. Yeah. So quiet quitting is a trend. Um, what the trend is about is basically uh, the workforce in general is recognizing that they're being exploited to do more than what their job is. Yeah. And so on a daily basis, especially in corporate environments or private uh, environments, especially in, in office work, they're being asked to do above and beyond their job. And then that's their job now. Yeah. Um, and then not they what don't... they were hired to do. Mm-hmm. And then they and then. Possibly that goes along, uh, along with that is no changes to their actual written job or updates to their page. Wage, to, yeah, nothing. to include that responsibility, which the this type of thing is all over the place. It's, oh, and it's it, been going on for yeah, a long, long time. Retail offices, uh, county work. Uh, I mean, it happens to teachers constantly. And um, it, it literally exists in all forms of any occupation you choose, unless you're working for yourself. And then you can choose to overwork yourself. True. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the other thing as, as part of that, which uh, I think kind of goes a little bit hand in hand, is uh, employees talking about their wages, right? Uh, depending on what state you're in or depending on what you know job you're in, technically, I believe it's still legal across anywhere to talk about your wage with employees yeah. unless it's something specifically in your contract, mm-hmm. um, which in the case of California, I don't think they're allowed to do anyway. Yeah. You are allowed to talk about your wage with mm-hmm. anybody who you want to. You can talk about how much money you're making. In fact, a lot of that then stems into uh, potentially uh, not only wrongful termination things, but also uh, favoritism and a number of other mm-hmm. issues with, with wages in general. So it's a positive thing to talk about. Um, because yeah, we're not going to go into the wage gap or any of that other stuff. That's a whole different podcast topic, but it is, it is part of the conversation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a quite interesting one. I've had several conversations about wage gaps in the, the past. Oh yeah. And I would love to get it in here. Uh, let us know if you want to say <laughs> another episode of the podcast. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, okay. No, you go ahead. Uh, so basically what we're going to kind of talk about is dive in and quiet quitting. Um, talking about what actor wage means, and then maybe a little bit of advice for you about getting burned out. Yeah, <laughs> which it, happens I to everybody. <laughs> it is especially now, but in general across the workforce. Um, I think coming out of COVID and things like that, a lot more people are returning back to the office. Mm-hmm. Some people are working hybrid uh, things. Uh, there, there is a very strong trend for your employer to then act as though you're not working hard enough and to commit more yeah, and, than what you're doing. And there's reasons all, all for that. I mean, uh, with COVID and uh, what was happening during COVID is people quitting uh, for jobs that are technically better positions. So equal pay, but better position that they would go to this other job for. Yeah. That was happening all over the place. It's just like, hey, you're not, you're not, uh, you don't have good representation for where you are at this job. Leave, go, go to somewhere better that needs you more. And I, th- I think one of the, the main things that COVID was able to do was give the workforce an opportunity to yeah. do exactly that. Because to be like, I am, I've been in this stressed, stressful position for way too long. There are other positions that are opening up where I can go to this other company that seemingly treats em- its employees better, but I would be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And as well as 
so many companies and people found that they could just do their job from home. Yeah. And not be required to go to work when it's useless and wastes money just to do that. And, and for me, uh, I'm not in a position technically and none of my team is where they can work from home mm-hmm. um, just because we do have uh, face-to-face customers that we do have to interact with. Um, as well as like our permits process is very involved, so it needs to have kind of a one-on-one or face-to-face in order to kind of be better um, process. Um, but what I will say is there are plenty of office jobs that can be work from home very easily. In fact, uh, there are plenty of companies who can save a ton of money by having their mm-hmm. workforce work from home. However, what I will say is working from home does not work for everybody. Yeah, for sure. And I can definitely see from a supervisor point of view that it is a lot more difficult to hold people accountable when they're working from home because you don't know what they're doing. Very true. Um, And some of that is you do have to put trust into your employees to make sure they're doing their work. And luckily in the, the company that I work for, for the county, there is an approval process to work from home. So you already have to show kind of that you are a good behaviorist, you are a good employee, and then it can get approved. In the new also, and beneficial for the worker as well. It's hard for the manager to supervise if you're overworking yourself at home. True. Because, I mean, you don't really, you can't really regulate your hours um, in both a positive or negative way. And the amount of work that comes in is only usually done digitally. So you're mm-hmm. only being informed um, and delivering your work based on email or by based on online meetings, so yeah. that that becomes a lot a lot harder. Um, with all this, though, uh, it's really important that you understand the job you signed up for, um, especially with what what Richard was saying, um, getting overworked and making sure that your manager is kind of doing doing right by you. It's just understanding your hours and what exactly your responsibility is at your company. Because um, I know sometimes you get a new job and it's very confusing what exactly you should be doing. Yeah, which is technically, <laughs> I, I would say, part of that slight, there's a slight blame on yourself. Uh-huh. And like most of that blame is on the company. Because yeah. every company that you are hired into should be able to give you... Um, some sort of uh, classification or job mm-hmm. expectation. Um, and there should be some sort of transition period within the first month of you working so that you understand what your job responsibilities yeah. are. I mean, usually with that, with a quote unquote training is what your daily responsibilities are. Yeah. And that's what 90% of your job beyond if your job has projects, yeah, special you know, projects, yeah, or... special projects that you need to work on, which are going to come around when they come around. Right. But every job should have a daily task. Mine's easy. Teach kids. Teach kids. And then make sure I'm there for when teachers need a break. That's Prepare basically. for that curriculum in order to Correct. be ready. Yes. Um, I mean, your job is also could be straightforward. I'm sure it's got a lot of little ins and outs. But your job is to make sure that you, the your team is progressing in a healthy way. Yeah. So I my actually, I've literally just gone over my job expectations with my boss and my boss's <laughs> boss recently because... <laughs> I uh, want you to become a tree more or less. Yes. No, um, <laughs> literally the, the funny thing is, is my first act, my first expectation is always to my team. I'm should mm-hmm. uh, number one priority is always to make sure that my team is um, 
doing well and doing what their expectations are. Mm -hmm. My second responsibility is whatever project is at the forefront and priority list of our stuff, which unfortunately for me and my boss is a massive list of stuff. Yeah. So uh, current is our, you know, upgrading for our reservation system and things like that. But as soon as that's done, then I have something else. Yeah. But that's part of being a supervisor. You always have, kind of two uh you're kind of split into two things you yep. have your supervisor role and then you have your support your team role yeah and I'm, i mean the biggest thing with that is making sure as you as a supervisor making sure that your frustrations or your stress doesn't bleed out over onto your team yeah and that way you can help also manage yourself as well as managing others to make sure that there's no burnout between the two of you yeah for sure because if you burn out as a manager then your team's gonna suffer yeah and i would say one of the one of the main things to support that as a supervisor is if you have someone on your team who is more confident mm-hmm. and understands their role really well um you need to make sure that you are tr- a transparent communicator a little bit and making sure that that person recognizes hey you are very solid. I'm going to lean on you a little bit um, to take some of that brunt. And if you're not comfortable with it, you need to communicate back with me. So that way I'm yeah. not burning you out. Yeah, exactly. And I like the way you phrase that because the manager went and sought one of their team members to be like, hey, you look very confident in your job, not overstressed. You, It's not handling more work. It's Hey, within the realm of your your workplace requirements, I can kind of lean on you a little bit more and allow you to handle things. Yeah. Instead of the other way, which is sometimes not as beneficial, where the worker comes up to the, the manager and was like, hey, do you have anything extra I can do? Yeah. Because then you're signing yourself for that the manager is now going to look at you for extra work. And, and to me, it, and one of the get things... get your hands very quickly. Is... It's important for you to recognize strengths and weaknesses across your team. And obviously, this conversation is, for me, taking a, like a supervisor standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, from the employee, I hope that a lot of our listeners or, in general, the workforce is comfortable enough with their boss where they can be a little bit more transparent. Mm-hmm. I think it is very important as a manager to put the human being ahead of of everything yeah because we're not no nobody's a robot yeah no matter how like mechanical they seem yeah everybody has a burnout level and everybody will eventually break to it if they're not treating themselves both in a physical and mentally healthy way well and and in general it's important that not only you you know if your workload is higher because of yourself that's different than the workload being too much. Mm-hmm. So it, if you are not comfortable with what's coming at you because it's a normal workload and you're just not comfortable in your job, then you should have a supervisor who you can go to and be like, hey, I need help and support understanding my role better yeah. and understanding how I can be better at my job yeah. to manage my workload better. The other direction is... Hey, and that would be all part of that conversation, right? I'm feeling stressed because I feel like I have too much work to do. Yeah. Then that that supervisor employee conversation should be, okay, let's find out why that's happening. And then hopefully it would go down to one of those two roads. It would be, okay, I need to support you better by 
um, helping you understand and manage your role better so that way your workload doesn't seem as stressful. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I am you are getting too much work. Let's see how we can divvy it out better. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that is a great, like, I, you know, lead into what this whole quiet quitting thing is, right? Right. Is essentially, um, at least from the layman's term, yeah. uh, <laughs> is uh, it's not quitting your job, but it's quitting the idea of going above and beyond. Right. Um, stop committing to extra yeah. projects. Stop... Um, Staying past work hours, stop mm -hmm. doing work and not getting paid for it, yeah. which is terrible. Yeah. Um uh, I I like this little this little sentence I found on a, this New York Times article that's like, you are still performing your duties, but you are no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be our life. Which is I've always tried to keep that in my head. Work is work, no matter what you're doing, and also no matter how passionate you are about it, it's still a job, a job would you get paid for to fulfill certain duties you are. And especially if you're not self-employed, self-employed people, you can, you can take your hours, you can do whatever you want because you are working directly for your money. Yes. If you are hired by a place, remember that they hired you to fulfill certain duties. And if you want to go up above and beyond, there's a way to go about it. That's, that you can make sure that you are being responsible for yourself and for your company. And it, it's kind of interesting because I don't know. I have both like positive and negative things about, <laughs> about this. Uh, I really do believe, I mean, and that, that, that goes, stop fighting your microphone. Richard. I, I'm having problems. <laughs> um, it keeps trying to fight me. In my own personal experience, being a teacher that plagues teachers all the time. Yeah. Uh, they don't have, they don't normally have time during the day to grade their papers. So when do they have to grade their papers? At home. At home. Outside of work. Now it is a little different because they're not hourly, they're salary yeah. most of the time, but it's still, it's part of their job leaking after their job. Right. And be honest, the, the teacher's the one who's making those decisions for themselves. So theoretically they're signing themselves up for it, but it's also an expectation of the curriculum that you are giving them work and then taking them home. And I have things to say about that in a bit. But <laughs> um, so like in my job, like I'm a music teacher, the thing that is an after school thing and that I don't get paid any extra for is a concert. Um, I love doing concerts and I love the kids' reactions to doing them. But it is part of my job that I hold it. It is after school, so outside of my normal working hours. And I do have to organize the whole thing. I can ask as many teachers and the principal and whoever I want for extra help. So that way we can organize it together. But in the end, for organizing all this, it's just part of my job. Right. Which I signed up to initially. Um, and as I being actually, a music teacher. Yeah, as being a music teacher. And I, actually, I really like doing it. So yeah. it's, it's part not, of the passion. It's part of the passion. Um, but specifically with the homework thing, there is... I think it's now becoming an outdated concept of giving your kids homework at the end of the day to complete at home. Yes. Um, the newer concept is that if the kids don't complete their classwork, it becomes homework. Which actually you can reference. We actually had a back yes. to school episode that we actually talked about Correct. this. And that that is as far as what my daughter's currently going through in middle school. That's exactly. Yeah. The only homework that she has had so far is one day. Ooh. 
one day of art Ooh. homework where she had to draw like a Peanuts character and then she has math homework every day. And Wait. it's just for reviewing concepts. Mm-hmm. She has to do like one or two pages a night and then turn it in at the end of the week. Yeah. And honestly, that's what's hard sometimes is like like art or, you know, these outside the normal academic classes. Part of music is a practice. Right. And I always feel bad to say because I I'm not a, a huge person who likes to practice because that's just not in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, when I like I to practice, I have to be motivated to do it, or it have to be like it. It's a huge thing in my own brain to fight it. Like I'm like, oh no, um, I don't like practice. Yeah, I don't like practicing. But for some kids, it's really fun for them to go home and play play these songs or whatever they're playing. So it's another one of those. It goes hand in hand. There's positive and negatives for it. Sometimes it's really helpful, and sometimes the kid views it as, oh, this is just... This is more work. This is more work. Weird. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like homework it has to do with, you know, your job <laughs> that you have during the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, a, a lot of these things are... It, you can correlate them right back to a regular job. You know, you you could view your regular work as your classwork, and if things don't get done, you don't have to take it home. You do it the next day because it's not school. So you don't need to view it as homework. It's not, hey, I didn't get it done today, so I have to take it home and complete it there. You can just complete it the next day because that's what your job is for. Afterwards, you need to recover. Um, there's this excellent – I just uh, read Furiously Happy, which I, I would also – Richard likes raccoons. So, I do. Um, this, it's a book about like mental health, and uh, uh, the author, her name is Jenny Lawson, and it's about her own personal story with like – a bag full of mental illness. Um, oh. it's, it's a fantastic book. But she talks about uh, spoon theory. And spoon theory is uh, kind of attributing the energy you get every day to spoons. And that some people have like an almost infinite supply of spoons. And then some people uh. only have like five spoons. And there's people all scattered throughout. And everything you do during the day, you spend your spoon on. So brush your teeth, spend a spoon. Take a shower, spend a spoon. Um, it's like a ticketing system. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, a ticketing system. And what what's what's interesting is that with your normal day to day job, that's your the job is not one spoon. You're doing no, no, things all spoons. throughout the day that you're spending your energy on. You know, scheduling your day out, remembering to send those emails, uh, making sure you work on the project, and then present present the project. Like, there's all sorts of things that you're spending your energy on. And if you continue that after your work hours. You're going to be exhausted because you're going to wake up the next day and do it all again. Yep. And, uh, you know, depending on your contract, but I mean, there's there's usually nothing in a contract that says you need to work from home. No. Um, it's and instilled. And part of that is based off of uh, salary versus hourly culture. Mm-hmm. There's a number of different things. Um, and I'm going to kind of scroll it back a little bit because we talked about quiet quitting and the details of that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of go over a different. Oh, yeah. I have a weird negative with that too. But yeah. We'll, we'll get um, a different uh, phrase that I guess came before quiet quitting and actually is more or less what quiet quitting is. Mm-hmm. So that the phrase is called working to rule. And even though I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of um, unions in certain aspects, I understand that they are positive and negative. Technically, mm-hmm. I'm more leaning towards negatives, but that's just because. The unions that I deal with, I it's, it's, I don't like them. It's really per union. Yeah. 
And also per, per the people who were vocal about unions. Or yeah. sorry, the person in the union who's, who's the, vocal. Who's vocal. Yes. Um, so it stems from that um, in that um, employees do no more than the minimum required by the rules of their contract and precisely follow all safety or other regulations, which may cause a slowdown or decrease in productivity. So... It it had to do with it during the union, uh, the bigger union times where every like a larger portion of the workforce was unionized. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was written for that. Uh, not only your work responsibilities, but when you're allowed to take breaks, when you're not allowed to take breaks. Um, and so um, the positivity of what unions brought was kind of this hype oriented. Be like, we're the workers union for this. And so we're going to be the best at this. And so then as the environment got worse for them from the employer side, they're like, we're really good at this and we want to be really productive at this. But now our, our employer is taking advantage of it. So we're not going to do as much of these extracurricular things. Mm-hmm. We're not going to work on our break. We're not going to do everything. But we're still going to do our job to yeah. the letter of, of what our job yes. is. Yes, you're working to the rule. Exactly. Yeah, which is actually interesting. You said like like back, you know, the beginning of unions, but like if you think back a little bit farther before unions existed, you had workers guilds. Yeah, uh, same thing. Which, which are trade guilds. And they actually are more restrictive than a union because, I mean, it's a very similar idea, but it's like they their workers were demanded. So like if you need metal work on worked on well you have to go to the metal guild they're, they're the only people who would and be able will, to do that yeah they're it's like, a trade skill exactly and they're the only ones who knew how to do it and the and unions for trade skills are incredible because they're like well we're just not gonna give you the work and then it's yep. like suffer yeah um but nowadays because there's a lot more opportunity out there you can either choose to be part of that guild or union or not be but either way unions trying to re- represent everybody in that job yeah usually yeah mm-hmm. so um one of the uh, things along with that that I wanted to bring up yet again from the supervisor point of view is understanding where your employees fit within that. So if they're part of a union or not, understanding what their jobs are, uh, understanding what is okay for their jobs and what is not okay mm-hmm. for their jobs. As an example, my team is all part of a specific union, so I have... Uh, not only a digital version, but I have a physical version of their contract um, that I have read because I used to be part of that union. I made sure that I understood it um, and really went through it a lot. And so that way, if an employee um, not only is violating that, that looks bad not only on the employee, but me in supporting them because I want to make sure that they're following their rules um, appropriately. Yeah. So as an example, this came up recently, um, If you are out sick for the day, but you don't have any more sick time that I had a a couple of employees who were trying to use personal time to replace that. Well, in their contract, they're not allowed to do that. It has to be vacation time Mm -hmm. that replaces. And so they were very nice about it. They said, hey, I did this. Is that okay?" And I looked it up. I'm like, nope, your contract says you can't do that. This is what you need to do. You have to do vacation. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which, you know, sucks in certain aspects, but I have to be able to hold to the rules just as much as they, they held to the rules. But at the same time, it is beneficial for them because they also get other um, things that I technically don't because of certain other union things. Yeah. Uh, It's actually, I, 
there's something that frustrates me so much and it's when my friends who are in i wouldn't say just retail positions but is in more of a norm quote-unquote normal job right that they say yeah i can't take tomorrow off or if i were to take tomorrow off i would my manager would yell at me and then they would also say something to the fact of yeah if I try to take tomorrow off, even if I'm really sick or not feeling well, Oof. I would still get in trouble because I need to be there no matter what. I will say that that has been a very dynamic shift change since COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, my exec team and stuff like that has made it very blatantly clear. If you are feeling sick at all, you are not allowed to come yeah. to work. And that also is different per state and per job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is funny, but... I, I think it what's interesting about it is now I'm hoping more employers recognize that if you have an employee that comes to work sick, that can then cause more problems. Yeah. If they get someone else sick, if they get more people sick, if they get your entire office sick, mm-hmm. that means your entire office is, as, is out of commission as opposed to one person being out for a day or two. Yeah. Like uh, restaurant workers, like everybody in there, like the, the stakes are really high. Everybody needs to be there or the entire restaurant suffers. Exactly. And if someone calls out sick, you know, that impacts the restaurant. Yep. But the the issue with that is you don't want someone sick in your restaurant because that doesn't follow the safety and health guidelines oh, yeah. of food safety. But it depends on your manager. If you're man uh, and that also goes with manager practices. Uh in certain jobs, the supervisor can step in and do that job. And if that's within their realm and their ability and is in their contract to be able to do that, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I as a non-supervisor, I'm like, it should be somebody who is a supervisor should be able to step into a role. If needed. If needed. Yes. Yes. They shouldn't be demanded to do it every time, no. but they should be allowed to because, you know, beyond supervising everybody, they, they also should be like, well, what are you doing? And not every supervisor position is incredibly that busy. No. Um, and so they should always be the one who's able to bounce around and kind of fill in roles if needed because sometimes your worker gets sick and isn't able to switch shifts with somebody or you don't have the right shift. That happens to your wife all the time. Oh, yeah. All <laughs> um, the time. And, and that's the thing. is like either you got a deal or you just got to be able to push things around or just be low staff that day. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing. As long as you uh, and and I will say this, especially in retail as a whole, I understand. I've I worked in retail for a long time, but retail is stressful in itself, especially when it gets busy. Mm-hmm. However, it is also not up to the manager to fill that role every single time. True, true, true. And that is part of of burnout in general and that work life stability. If you are putting as an executive or as someone higher than that, that manager, if you are putting your manager in that position to have to always cover mm-hmm. the employee, you are then going to cause that store to do worse. Yeah, because the manager is going to get stressed and isn't able to supervise everybody else. Well, and then well. you're constantly putting them in that position. Mm-hmm. And there's clearly a reason why it's happening a yeah. lot. You need to strike the balance between what is healthy and what is not. Or you need to then investigate and say, hey, I've noticed that a lot of your employees are calling out all the time. Or I've noticed that something is happening where the store is not feeling as supportive. Mm -hmm. 
manager, let's work together to figure out why that's happening. Yeah. Do we need to hire more people? What yeah. do we need to do? Yeah. Let's figure out what is the root cause of this what? problem to get it fixed. Which is usually the case. Usually you need to hire more people. <laughs> um, as as obviously sales increase, usually the need for employees also yeah. increases. Um, and back to the quiet quitting, my only negative with that is I don't, I personally don't like the idea of telling somebody to not try to go above and beyond if it's within their realm and they're being benefited correctly for it. And I think that, and I don't think that's quite exactly what quiet quitting is about. No. But it, uh, I'm always worried about telling people, stop doing everything. It's like just, and I like the other phrase. Um, I saw it on TikTok uh, by Sarai Marie, um, which is act your wage. Right. Uh, which I, I find really funny because it's like act your wage. Uh, but it's not trying to act like the person above you and trying to take on all the roles and trying to supervise other people and not not trying to act within the bounds, not trying to act outside of the bounds of your job. My biggest thing for all of that is the, the biggest negative for quiet quitting is that means that you're lacking communication with your manager. Mm -hmm. And any in this in any working relationship, you should have the ability to be able to talk at some level to your supervisor and be able to discuss your workload. Yeah. And if you can't do that, there's something going on either within the company or with at that supervisor specifically, whether they're, they're not comfortable in their position and they're just trying to make sure that everyone else is nose to the grindstone, which is not a good environment to be no, in. No, it's weird. When you put your nose to the grindstone, then your nose your, your nose goes away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're both. You're grinding your nose. You're grinding it's your away. nose. It's away. Yeah, it's gone. And then your nose disappears, and then they put your face to the grand zone, <laughs> and slowly you wear away. Um, um, but yeah, otherwise, your supervisor is also in that position, in which case the company is putting you both in that position, which is never a good yeah, thing either. Yeah, it's just, what is it? What's that, uh, that theory called? The chain of yelling? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, where it's like your boss gets yelled at and yells at the, their supervisor the supervisor underneath them and then your supervisor gets yelled at then they yell at somebody in the job and then they get yelled at and then eventually that leads back to the customer customer gets yelled at and then it chains back up and the customer yells at the boss and then blah blah blah. here's a very good thing if you watch the movie office space and your company's anything like that company in the movie office space you should probably leave that job and find yeah. something else and speaking of that uh here's some great great advice for you which is just I would say a little bit of common sense, um, <laughs> at least depending on the job, is knowing your work hours. Number one yes. is following your work hours and do not work over them. Uh, if you really need to get something done, usually you should have time. Just do it the next day uh, because that's within your working hours when you should work. Take at, If you're an hourly worker and you're working past your hours, that's a problem. That should be overtime immediately. And Number fact, one, yes, should be overtime. And if you're doing the work and not getting paid for it, that's a severe problem. You should know your state laws about overtime because yes. uh, I think in California, uh, any hour worked over 40 hours is immediately a pay and a half. Well, any actually shift worked over eight hours is actually also considered. Yeah. Yeah. Overtime. Um, I have a friend in Florida and I was looking up Florida like oh i'm sure it's terrible lot. it was not good yeah um because there's is like a max of 10 hours and then after 10 hours yeah it's that's, that's awful yeah uh, take your breaks make sure you take your breaks when you're supposed to take your breaks uh i know some people like to squish their breaks together and make a longer lunch i don't i, I don't i don't know what works for you but take, i mean check your contact contract to see if you can even do yeah. that because if you can't then you'll get in trouble and yeah. that's not a good thing um and even on top of that if you can't take your breaks when you can yes. and take take a breather stop working 
Um, if you can, push them together. Maybe a long lunch, long lunch works for you. And if you're taking lunch, eat. Um, Take eat, some time away. Drink some water. I mean, a lot of times when people don't drink enough water, they get sleepy or tired. Uh, that's both the same thing. Oh. Um, or really, really out of energy. I was actually told recently by my um, sleep doctor that she talked a lot about how one of the reasons why people get so exhausted and tired at work is because if they're staring at screens all day, your eye is so used to keep staying open that you don't blink. Oh. And then that actually affects your um, mental health and your responses. That's not good. So make sure you're keeping your your eyes lubricated and blink. Yeah. Um, make sure you leave when your shift ends. Um, again, with the TikToker I was watching, Sar- Sarai Marie, uh, she had a funny thing just as like, Oh, I increased overall work pro- productivity in my office just from telling them go home at like the ni- at the a, end of their at the time. end of their shift. Yeah, and saying stop, go home, relax, because often if you're doing that to yourself one day, you're gonna do it the next day and the next day yep. and the next day, and you never you're the work. Sadly enough, is never gonna go away, and some some jobs it just never decreases. It's always the same every day, and it's it's just because you can't finish it the next two hours. Doesn't mean you can't just do it tomorrow. True. You can carry it over. It's your job. You should be working during those hours uh, instead of pushing it off. And, you know, sometimes people maybe you're in the workflow of like, no, I'm already working on it. I should get it done. Take a break. Put it away. Do it the next day. Do it right when you get into work. And then you can get out of the way and work on your next part. I, I will say yet again, in my on my team and stuff like that, I am the one who comes around and says, hey, it's 5 o'clock. You need to be done. Yeah, which is perfect because... 4.59, I'm like, hey, are you guys finishing up? And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, lately, uh, actually, my team has been so in involved in what they're doing that they <laughs> come that time, they're like, oh, yeah, I guess it is almost time for me to go which and is, I can't... <laughs> yeah, because you're... Because you... Weirdly enough, psychology-wise, right? If you have to stop now, then you're going to go home relax and do whatever you need to do and then the next day you're like oh i gotta do this thing and then you start being productive right when you get there instead of going oh especially if you leave it open on your laptop and the first thing you do mm-hmm. log in is there it is yeah and then the last couple is like don't overcommit yourself uh there's a lot of people out there who just say yes to everything and say they want to feel useful and needed right and at a at a work uh, at work the the way you can feel needed is taking on additional responsibilities Maybe you're that person who can do a little bit more, but make sure you are striking a good balance between healthy work decisions and a healthy life, life balance. Decisions. Yeah, because if if your work life is impacting your out-of-work life, that's going to lead to a number of issues that are going to affect you later. Getting exhausted, not having uh, maybe lower, maybe having uh, lower self-esteem, and that's going to be a big issue for you later, mm-hmm. you know? Um, is just not feeling like your job is where you're at or you're being respected at your job, uh, especially when you're taking more responsibilities. That's such a huge issue. Know what you're worth. Know what you're worth. And then, you know, this is for people in Richard's position. Just make sure your supervisor is doing a, also a good job. And if you know your job well enough, your your supervisor should also know your your job better. Yeah, so it's kind of what I was talking about before is making sure that as a supervisor, you understand what your employees, your team and employees role is, what uh, their job responsibilities are. If they have a contract, you should understand their rights as well as yours. And 
if you do have um, employees that you don't feel like are producing as much as they should, have the conversation with them in terms of how are they doing mm. and see what's going on. I, I'm a big purveyor, which I said in my interview before I got hired for my current job, is I'm a big purveyor on finding the root of the problem. Thank you, Dan King. Um, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> um, but in general, it, you should. You should be treating your, your team as though they're human beings and they may not be working for a number of different reasons. Uh, it may be motivational. It may be they just don't like the job anymore, in which case you are there to support them to try and find something new. Yeah, and, and transitions out of the job, it means that you're probably successful. You're finding people who want to be there with you and dedicated to the position that they're in. And if they're not feeling that way, I bet you there's other positions in the company you work for that would be better for them. Yes. Um, I, overall, I've it, having those type of conversations with your team should never be frowned upon. Mm -hmm. You should be trying to then find a better opportunity for them because it, the, the team that they're on now on your team just isn't working. And that may have nothing to do with you. It may just have to do with the job itself. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we rounded out that conversation pretty well. Yeah. Um, of going, just make sure you respect yourself, your time, and what you do. Uh, too, too many times are people not respected for what they're doing, what their job is, and for their place at the company. Uh, nearly all the time, everybody at a company is doing something that is really important. You know, no matter to the ants who eat your trash, <laughs> to uh, the, the supervisors who are, uh, you know, doing their best to manage the, their teams and even to the uh, off, office place workers. You know, everybody is part of this company and it helps make it make it or break it. Don't view yourself as just another cog in the machine who just needs to spin every day. You, you are human and you are vital to your job and what you do. I'm hoping that your job thinks about you in the same exact way. Mm -hmm. That yeah. is that is obviously also a thing. And hopefully, I don't necessarily like the, the quiet quitting thing because I it almost then steers it as a you're being lazy and you're not doing your full job. When in reality, your full job is your job. Yeah. And, and anything extra should be treated as extra. Exactly. But uh, I'm hoping that you are in an environment where your work then treats it as extra and rewards you and gives you the kudos and stuff like that for doing the extra and then keeps a, the the baseline as your normal work yeah you get a gold star Happy exactly days. sure no rainy clouds for you <laughs> no rainy clouds on you get the, the, the attaboys board. yeah so. um well i hope you enjoyed that episode uh as always please like review subscribe smash that some something button and please share share our podcast around. If you're enjoying our content, there's probably someone you know or a friend or a family member who's going to enjoy our content too. We are uh, generally casual at gmail.com. If you want to send us a message, just say you know you like our content or you want to give us some suggestions or maybe places to go and review uh, or books for our book talk. Um, and you can also find us at anywhere you can find a podcast under the same name. So... Thank you, everyone, and make sure you have a healthy work life. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>